Welcome everybody to the GBO podcast where we're talking Gamecock basketball only brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. And joining us this week, we have our friend of the pod back. Uh, you know him as Chicken Hoops, formerly from Garnet and Black Attack. Kyle, how are you doing today? I am I am doing fantastic. Uh, it's uh, 65 degrees here in Washington, D.C., and South Carolina's combined basketball loss total remains at five. It is Do we have cherry much- blossoms yet? Uh, yeah, they're, they're popping right down the street. You, should, you can come up and take a look at them, buddy. They're beautiful. I, I might. Uh, by popular demand, by the way, three people on Twitter asked to have you on the pod. Oh, I appreciate my sister, nephew, and uh, brother-in-law. I was about to ask you, how many people do you know did you ask on Twitter to have you on the pod? Guys, it's been too long. I think it's been since the uh, the preseason, so I'm glad to find I, I, Man, what a year. What What a year. Well, when we got last time we got together with you, Kyle, it was late October, early November. We're talking season preview, and all of us really didn't think that we none of us thought we'd get where we are. But Sumter, we're gonna give him a little praise. He thought that we did at least this. fall into the tournament. I but, think I had him last four in. I think I had him in a play in game. Which and I don't, what I, I don't, I don't like admitting when I'm wrong, but. I didn't call it. Sumter somewhat called it, so we're going to give him a little bit of praise. But Kyle, I, I feel like I, I feel like I called it. I said I don't think this team's going to be on the bubble, and I was right. <laughs> they are not. They're not. Uh, yeah, they're not on the bubble. And uh, and Bryce, it's wonderful having a podcast to where like I haven't listened to the preview, but I can, and you know that I will, and and inform you of how wrong you are that that, that this lives forever. But going into this, Kyle, this week, we were thinking, you know, I guess a week maybe right before the Ole Miss game, we had five games left, all quad one at the time, and we were like, let's just win two. That would just be so great. Well, we've won three in a row, and we're going into the final week of the season, Kyle, and it's not it's not 1996-97 anymore. We are in 2024 with a chance to beat Tennessee at home at Mississippi State and be co-SEC champions at least. What are your thoughts so far this season? I, I mean, this team has, uh, as we said, surpassed all expectations. Um, I, one thing I do think I got right is I said if this team pops, it's going to be because Colin Murray Boyles is that guy. And guys, Colin Murray Boyles is that guy. And it is just, it, it is the straw that has stirred the drink. It is the thing that has brought this team together. It is, it is the reason this team is what it is sitting here in March and yeah, I mean like the fact that, yeah, we got a home game uh, that I, I, I actually, I, I, I refuse to say that because Mississippi state's a really good team and like, it is entirely possible we could win on Wednesday and have our hearts broken on Saturday, but no, I, it, it's exactly what you, it's more than I wanted from this season. It, I still can't believe we're sitting here talking about it. I can't believe it happened. Um, yeah. What, what, a, what a dang year. Well, and on the preview pod, on the preview pod, we talked about like expectations for the season, and w- one of the things we were saying is that to like make the turn, like to make the tournament, make the NIT, you, you know, be on the bubble, the nine and nine, ten and eight, and and we basically are like we don't know if they can go ten and eight was what we were all saying, and um, y'all like. We're 12 and four with a week left with two games left. I mean, they've just, it's, it's just absolutely incredible what this team has done with this season. 
And you know what's crazy? We It's possible we might not even get guys on all SEC list at the end of the year because this team is just – it's balanced. Would you say we have a superstar on this team, Kyle? Would you say we have a superstar? First for all SEC first team, would you say there is a guy that would make that list on this team? We're not we're not going to have a guy on that. Um, I think that there's a decent argument that Col if Colin Murray Boyles isn't yet, he's going to be. Uh, it's one of those things where the pace this team plays at it's such a slow pace that it, it, it's it's funny that as far as people have come with sort of understanding, yeah, you know, people understand that now, right? No one goes, oh, they're a high scoring team because they happen to have 100 points of possession, uh, 100 possessions a game, like. People get that still, but like still, people just points per game matters, and I think like I think Bowles is going to be uh, Murray Bowles going to be hurt from that uh, just because people are going to look at his scoring and go, well, it's like 10, 12 points a game, but that that is missing the story of Colin Murray Bowles. Uh, I mean, I think you are right; he will not be on the All SEC team. Uh, one thing that um, I, I'm trying to remember who said it on Twitter. Uh, someone, oh, uh, Buzz Williams. Uh, he didn't say it on Twitter. He said it at his press conference uh, before the A and M game. He's like, I think they might have the freshman of the year over there, and I was like. Man, he's had a great year, but one of the Kentucky guys has probably got him on that. And one of the Kentucky guys probably does have him on that, but I don't know if they should. Like, that's how good he's been. If, if he was healthy all year, I think he would be up for that freshman of the year. But, of course, he'll be on the all-freshman team. What are your thoughts, Sumter? Yeah, so so it, it depends on what you mean by awards. Like, like it, he will definitely be on the all-freshman team. Yeah. Um, I think he could be freshman of the year. You know, there's – the, 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 there's a couple of guys on Kentucky that are going to be top 10 picks in the NBA draft that are going to get freshman of the year. I mean, Kentucky's leading scorer is a freshman. And so, um, and, and so therefore like he, th that person's probably going to get freshman of the year. But one of the things that I think let's not discount this team yet. Right. So we're talking, we got, we got two games left in the regular season. And uh, if they, if they win, the regular season title, it's going to be because they win these two games this week. All right. And that's going to change everybody's perspective because what is it going to take to win these two games this week? It's going to take Michi Johnson playing at the level that he's played the last couple of games. And I mean, if he goes off for 25 against at home against Tennessee and beats them, and then he puts it to, you, you know, uh, Mississippi he, state. On, he'll make on an Saturday, all for conference team for sure. I think he'll be all conference team. And so I think it's, I think, I think the book isn't written yet. Um, if we're not going to be, if, if we win the SEC regular season title or co-champions or whatever they call it, um, then that means that, um, that I think Michi will be on, on the thing. Like, like if we, if we win these two games this week, it's going to be because our guy who's, who's been our guy for the last two seasons who kind of went cold towards the end of the winning streak and then in the two games that they lost, but has found it again here um, at AM and then again, and you know, this week at AM and then again at Florida. Um, he, he's going to have a good week. And, and if he does, I, I think he ends up on the all conference team. All right. Well, let's talk about the week that was going into the week. Kyle, you mentioned that press conference by Buzz. Um, their A&M coach, he even mentioned, he goes, well, South Carolina has, you know, one of the the best um, defenses in the league, but they're not the best scoring team. He was talking about, you know, well, we're the slowest offense in the league. So, of course, 
we're going to have the best defensive team. I thought that was a little bit of a slap in the face going into the week. And I don't know if the team thought about that. I just heard that going into the game. But going into the A&M game, we don't have a great history at A&M. I think we only had two career wins there. And just what were your thoughts, Kyle, going into the game, how we started it? And I know we we all know how it ended, but what's your th- thoughts going into that A&M game? Oh, I mean, I, my thoughts and – it's played out in Florida a little less, but I really feel like at times in the AM game, the thing that you just, I just kept noticing, and it's weird because we're 6 0 without him, is just the absence of Miles Studi. Um, you know, we've got really three guys that kind of, uh, for lack of the word, uh, like really carry the weight on offense, which is Michi, BJ, Colin Murray Boyles. And it's not that like Polange, Kobe, Zach, uh, they all do important things, but like they don't do them sort of at the, um, nearly as much and so you'll see at times when particularly when only one of them's in and when with culinary boils had uh foul trouble there you know there were many instances where it would only be one of bj mack or michi johnson and, and it just really felt like that team was just craving dying for someone else on the floor that's playing a little like doing a little more on offense and that's something that studio can do that you're just not going to see as much from and you know we were trying to fill the fill the minutes with um you know morris clark um uh, you know, um, Diba got in, which was great to see, but that that's really what I feel like I saw kind of in um, a large swath of the game because Murray Boyles is just in so much foul trouble. At, you know, this, it was really the time I felt like I saw Studi's absence affect the team the most this season. And I mean, again, full credit, they're, they're 6-0 without him, but I, I just that that's what just kept jumping out to me watching, particularly the first half of that game was, man, Miles Studi really does have a significant role on this team. And again, the fact that we're, we're six and without him is just a testament to how good this team is that they're withstanding that loss. So going we, in. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Have we gotten any word on his injury? It is a knee injury. He tweaked it in practice and it's day to day. Paris sounded like he was saving him for the tournament. And I'm not saying SEC tournament. I'm thinking NCAA tournament. So, but but we've got nothing other than just like oh, hearsay in the post game press conferences and, and what and what people put on message boards, right? Um, yeah. But how about this? Go, when you find out five minutes before the game, you know, Studi's out, and you're like, who's going to step up? Zach Davis is going to step up. Who Ooh. who saw this coming? The guy, great defense defensive guy all year, but all of a sudden Studi's out. He steps up and he's turning into a thirty plus minute guy. And and he's and he's over ten points a game. He's efficient. Now he, I guess, he had more kickballs the last game than you know probably some of the players on the soccer team. But what are your thoughts that on Zach Davis just shining when he needs to shine when with Studi with injury? Yeah. yeah so no. I, I I think Studi's. I, I mean, I think Zach Davis has been great. His defense is his defense is better than Studi's. Studi is probably Studi is probably a little more reliable offensively. Zach Davis can be a little streaky. Um, like if he's hot from three, he, he'll 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 make two or three, but he also can go cold. But um, but his defense is better than Studi's, and that's kind of what the that's kind of the horse they rode in um in at both Texas A&M and Florida. Like like they played some lockdown D. You, you know, like the the Texas A&M game kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, like they had a 10 plus point lead in, in, um, you know, in the, in the second half and 
I think Texas A&M took the lead. They came back and ended up winning by two, 70-68, I think. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yep. And um, and but, but just down the stretch, they switched that 1-3-1, and Davis at the top of the key on that 1-3-1 with, with Colin Murray Boyles, you know, playing right there on the free throw line on that one through one. It's just, it's good. I mean, Kyle, Zachary Davis, free throw specialist, been making his free throws. I mean, some of these first half, he's realized that he's six foot eight and he can drive and he can't get stopped if he goes hard. What are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, his intelligence on offense. I mean, I know that we were uh, maybe trying to save it, but let's just go to the final play, right? Like, Michi David, or excuse me, Michi Johnson driving down the left hand side, and you can kind of watch the play. And it's one of those where AM just the entire time, the entire team is just watching Michi Johnson because they're watching for the type of player you normally see, which is someone who, and Michi Johnson, I mean, I, I don't know if we've actually said this out loud yet, but like, what, what a dang game for Michi Johnson down in College Station. But you know, as he's driving, AM's defense is kind of like, yeah, this has been the guy tonight. Um, of course, it's going to be him, and he's not going to pass this up. He wants that shot. And so full credit to Michi Johnson for keeping his head on a swivel, but full credit to Zach Davis, too, who's on the wing. And you can kind of watch in the defense, one, two, three guys. They're never looking at Zach Davis. They're all looking at the left-hand side where Michi's driving. Zach Davis just slides on down into the dunker spot. Wide Michi open. Him wide open. And it, when you see Zach Davis playing on offense, the thing that really impresses me, and this isn't uh, to uh, mitigate against everything you were saying, Bryce, about how well he uh, attacks the one, uh, the top of the one three one, and even comparing him and Studi, I feel like they play different roles on this team. And so my point isn't that um, you know Zach Davis or Studi hurts us; it's more that the absence of Studi means that we just have one less guy to sort of you know fill out the rotation. But I mean, Zach Davis goes eight from eleven from two. Uh, down in College Station. And the reason he does it is because time and time again, Zach Davis finds a way to be in the dunker spot. He finds a way to be in the right position. He's moving without the ball. And so, I mean, he's really, and and again, full credit to the guys who are passing him the ball. He's creating offense with his off-ball movement and making it easy for himself. And that was critical to that team getting able, being able to walk out of College Station with the win. And just the history there, I just – you think going to the game that we're going to struggle on the road. Guys, this team has the most SEC road team road wins in the league. Who would have thought that going into the year? Sumter. I mean, not me. I Like, I think Kyle on the preview, if he was – he wasn't really talking about the SEC schedule, but he was talking about the out-of-conference schedule. And he just goes, don't lose a home game, you know, was the – was like the the, the motto – and uh, and and on the SEC preview that we did with um, with Kloniger, um, we kind of talked about that again, where it's like, don't just like let's win these games at home. You, you know, we got Tennessee, we got Florida, we got Kentucky. Um, we're in order to go ten and eight, huh. we're gonna have to win some games at home. Just don't lose to Georgia and LSU, and we'll be fine. That's right. That's right. And then that's what we've done, and we've done better, and we've done uh, outside of the state of Alabama. We've done better on the road. You know, we're we've lost by 80 points in the state of Alabama. Have have we lost to have we lost on the road to anybody else? Uh not in conference. Uh we've done it one other time, but we lost to Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's just don't play anyone in the state of Alabama and we're good to go. Wow. 
So they've lost to Auburn on the road. They've lost to Alabama on the road. We've won all the other road games. Hilarious that the win we stole, like the closest loss we've had on the road, is the Missouri game, who ended up being, you know, has been the worst team in the conference. Have they won a game yet? They have not. 0-16. Has anybody ever gone 0-18 in SEC play? I looked it up. No one ever has. Wow. I really thought one of the Vandys. Vandy, Vandy got close. I, think, I bet I bet we've gotten close before. I bet Darren Horn might have gotten close. <laughs> no, Darren always had two or three wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I do just want to note. Uh, while yes, we're the only one that they've taken to overtime. This is their schedule is just littered with um, single digit losses. So we are we are in, if not good company, um, considerable company for having cut it close with Missouri before <laughs> yeah. ultimately. Man, what, a, yeah. what an awful season for them. But I yeah. do want to finish up that AM game. So we were up 13, and they go on a 16-0 run. And they take a three-point lead. And finally, Paris calls a timeout. The one thing about Paris, he doesn't call timeouts when things get tough. He wants them to fight through it. We go down three. But this team responds. Cooper, Johnson, just three-pointers when you need them. And how about Talon Cooper? We've been talking about how great of a point guard passer this he is this year. But he makes the clutch three-pointers when you need it. What are you thinking, Kyle? I mean, three for six from downtown. And, yeah, like he, I, I I feel like I can visualize three or four times this year that um, with and two minutes or less to go, he's been there at the top of the key, taking a 25-footer and just absolutely nothing. I, yeah, the, the Talon Cooper is – I don't know if he's the unsung hero because I feel like he's been sung, but maybe not loudly enough. Um, just – he like he really is the guy he's not the like the main guy yeah he's not taking the the level of offensive response sorry he's not taking the type of offensive responsibility that uh michi johnson and pj mack is taking but he's certainly taking on a considerable amount he's just doing it a different way nine assists at texas a&m's telltale of that but also he's on the court for 35 minutes because he's doing a great job on defense I, I, th- this team is uh, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of we've been saying this now about three or four guys, but like, yeah, man, because they're all three or four really good, important guys, and he's definitely one of them. And yeah, it just a yet another instance of Talon Cooper stepping up, hitting a big shot, and being the reason that we won. It helps to have twenty-three-year-old so seniors on your team that are well experienced and ready for the crap to happen. It does. Twenty-three-year-olds are better than eighteen-year-olds. Like. Uh, and that's why and that's why these three-star players can go and whoop up on five-star players at tennessee and kentucky well hopefully we do that on wednesday night uh one thing i do want to say to you about uh about lamont paris and his timeout calling um a lot of coaches take a timeout after um you you know before the inbounds on the last play when 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 a&m tied it a lot of coaches take a timeout there he just let us inbound the ball to Michi. Michi goes right down the, you know, goes coast to coast, passes it to Davis. That play doesn't happen. You can't draw that play up. That that's just a play that your that your best player makes, and uh, you can't draw that play up out of a timeout. And so, like sometimes not calling the timeout, you know, it's it, okay. it works. Yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I, but he he talked about it in the post game. He called it a broken play, and he said he knew what Michi knew what he had to do is take it to the lane. They it's couldn't get set play. up on defense. Yeah. If it's a broken play, I want the ball in Michi. Jo- I, I like our chances with the ball in Michi Johnson's hands. Yeah. But I really like 
Uh, so I really like the way you talked about the process there is he said like, you know, and I haven't actually gone back and launched this part of the video, but he's like, I'm sitting there with the timeout in my, like, it's in my pocket. I know I've got it in my pocket. I'm next to the ref and I'm basically watching the first two seconds, right? Like, does the ball get stopped? Is there, are, are we going to get a good shot out of this? And he's sort of reading it for two seconds. And it, and that is to me, not just like, yeah, like play the game you're playing. Don't just have some automatic, I'm going to do X or not X. And then also, yeah, coach your team before the game. Like, don't wait until the huddle uh, with one minute and go, all right, now I'm going to start coaching. Like, just, you know, have a, have a system in place, have a plan in place. And, and that to me is, it, it's funny because I think that sometimes people don't look at that as good coaching. But yeah, that's doing a good job of coaching before the 40 minutes. And like, to me, that that's a much better indication of doing a good job of coaching. Then maybe drawing up a slightly better play, which you've now got to run against a set defense that maybe has two more good defenders in there because they're getting to run their subs in as well. Uh, so I, I really, I, I'm glad you guys pointed that out because I thought that was not just a good result, but I really liked the process and the way that Paris talked about it. The other thing that happens in this situation, and and it's it's absolutely what I love. It's it's in, late in the game. If you're tied down to, there's 20 something seconds on the clock. In this case, there was less. But um, but just give the ball if because it, it all everything's happening quick. And so just just put the ball in your best player's hands and let them go make a play because they are not going to foul him like like and they didn't. They're just like the game was tied. They're not. We ended up winning by two. The game was tied. Right. Yep. Correct. Yeah. 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 And so the game is tied. They're just not going to put Michi Johnson on the free throw line. Nope. And so with that. What that means is that they're going to play is that as soon as he gets into the lane, they're going to let him do what he wants to do. And that was pass the ball to a wide open Zach Davis, you know, like. And if it was two weeks before or a week before he was struggling to make those shots, you know, driving the lane and always having to dish out. It's just a complete 180 of Michi and big win on the road, 70, 68. But let's talk about the Florida game, guys. Going into this game, Florida, one of the hottest teams in the league. But this was crazy. Both Carolina and Florida were both nine wins out of their last 11 games going into the game, both hot teams in the league. And Florida, what was that guy's that number one? The, the Clayton. guy, Clayton, Clayton Jr., that guy can just pull up and shoot threes. Someone could be one foot from him. He's like this, I'm just going to shoot a three like Devin Downey at the top of the key. And they gave us everything we wanted and – Guys, when we were down 10 with about 12 minutes to go, I'll be honest, I didn't think we were going to come back. And this team is the team of destiny and do it. I, I watched it on TV and wasn't in the game. I, I had somewhere I had to be and wasn't able to go. But uh, did you look at your brother and ask him if he wanted to beat traffic when we, when we were up 10? No. Down 10. I thought we were probably going to lose, but I actually haven't said that because there's always a better chance this year that we can come back, but not this game. I do like to beat traffic, though. No, hey, I, hey, there is a lot of traffic now when there's 16,000 people at the games and not 4,000 for Frank Martin or uh, yeah, it, it's a lot harder to just show up and get what and get a free parking spot like on Assembly Street now. You, you, you know, now that the team is good, you actually have to plan for getting to the game and you, and you might have to pay for parking. But no, yeah, man, I, go ahead, Kyle. I, I was with you. No, I, I thought, um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember if it was during the run or when it actually hit at ten. But there, there was at least 
There, there were really two times. It was either one one of the Clayton threes that was with like after we deflected the ball in the backcourt with maybe five seconds to go. And in my brain, it's Clayton that's the one who steps up and hits that, it. There. That was Pollen. 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 Just throws it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, when we had the steal um, and it got blocked on the other end on kind of a 50-50 goaltend and then they come right back down. And, and it was just kind of like, yeah, like some days it just ain't your day. Um and they, they were hitting the kinds of threes. They they went 10 of 23 uh, from three, 44%, uh, 12 of 15 from the line. Uh, that's 80%. Um, yeah, just didn't think we were going to beat Florida if they shot 44% from three. And they did. And we did. So one of the things that we did, one of the things that we did, it was it was going well. It, was, it, it, it wasn't going great. Like, like we were with them the whole first half. Um, and then they kind of pulled away and were up by like six at the end of the half. And then we were kind of trailing it. They could never get it above 10 points, but it was like five to 10 points. though yep. the whole first 10 minutes of the, of the second half. And then with nine minutes and 30 seconds left in the game, we switched to the one, three, one, right. It was 58 to 52. And they in, and, and once we did that, we get, we, we get like five steals during this, during this period of time. And we slowly claw our way back into it. And uh, just Davis and Kyle Murray Boyles were just were, were just everywhere. They are everywhere in, in that one three one, and that was the key to the and that was the key to the win. Like Florida just couldn't hold on. We were just too good defensively. Sumter yep. even even Josh Gray was out there doing six foot hook shots, and they were going in. Well, no, and don't leave out uh, Talon Cooper there. He had four steals in the zone. Um, oh, big! And, and there's at least one time where I swear, like. You could almost see Florida running its play like, all right, we know how a 1-3-1 zone works. We've got the ball in the corner. We're now going to pass it out back, uh, not on the elbow, but back uh, up the three-point line. And, like, Cooper just basically is like, oh, you guys just think this is a paint-by-numbers defense. And just, like, blitzes it and uh, almost like an interception where you just see the guy, where you see the DB read the route. Like, just so ahead of the game, so ahead of the Florida defense. And it, it, uh, I, I laughed out loud when I saw it. I was just like, oh, yeah, like he he knows what they're doing. He, they think they know what he's doing. He knows what they're doing. In the, last, in the last nine minutes and 30 seconds, in the last nine minutes and 30 seconds, they made six shots. They made six shots. They So, so the first once we switched, the first bucket they made in the in, in the one three one was what you were referencing, the block shot that turned into a fast break. Like we got a steal, it gets blocked and it turns into a fast break for them. They then, uh, then was the steal that Jacoby Wright had, where it goes into the backcourt and Pullen runs it down, and with and with like three seconds, you know, throws up a prayer three with with as the shot clock's expiring. They um, wait, they those were it. both in the last nine and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 those were both in the last. Last night, those were the first two. Those were the first two buckets they scored when we switched to the one three. Yeah, neither of which are against the zone, to be clear. No, 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 no. it was against. Right, right. They're not against yeah, the zone. You're not. You're not doing a transition uh, against the zone, and that, that last shot. I'm sure not giving that three a credit against the one three one. Right. They then miss a couple of deep threes. We have a couple of steals. They run a nice little play where they get a floater in the middle where they beat the zone with their center. Two. Yeah, yeah, with, with their center for two. They hit a the the they then hit a deep Clayton hits a dynamite like thirty foot three yeah. pointer that was just devastating. We get like three steals in a row. 
they run one really, really good play where they drive into the middle and kick it to the guy in the corner, and it was a breakdown of the zone, and they get a corner three, and then Clayton hits another prayer three. And those were all the buckets they made in the in the nine minutes and 30 seconds. They did well to stay in that game. They, they hit three. Desperation. They hit four, they hit four threes. Three of them were desperation. A and, um, I mean, like a, a floater from a center, like – you just you live with that. Like if if your center yeah, yeah, hit sixty yeah. percent on a floater, then you're going to lose, and you just go home. The even when you play good defense, the other team is gonna score. You know, yeah. like they're gonna they're gonna come down, they're gonna run a good set from time to time. Like they're gonna score some points. If the it wasn't get an IL too. If it wasn't for those three desperation threes that go in with no like every, like like you said, Sumter, a prayer. With those five steals, we could have it could have been a 15 points, you know, game for us, but they make these shots and still in it. Every time we got up three, they would either get make a two or tie it with a three. And then let's talk about it. The last five minutes of this game, the Colonial Life Arena was the roof was about to blow off. And this was with spring break. Not all the students were there. The lower bowl was full, but it was rowdy. And let's talk about that last minute. You did is there anything better? when it's a broken play and Michi gets the ball with six seconds, everyone in the arena knows what's going to happen. And and you think Florida's just going to, you know, guard them close and they let them have a 25 footer and 60% of the time it works every time. And he makes the, one of the biggest buckets of the game. Sumter, what were you feeling when that three went down with about 49 seconds to go? It's, it's just Michi. It's, it's just an all SEC player. You, you know, it's a first team SEC player making a first team SEC shot, you know, like, um, um, the, like Clayton for Florida was, was awesome. The whole game. He, he was, he, he's, he's a, he's a dynamite player and he hit these back breaking threes against our zone that kept Florida in it. And, Guess what? We've got a dynamite player, and he hit a back-breaking three that basically, like, when that went in, we knew we were winning, and that basically ended the game. And, um, you know, that's like like big-time players make big-time plays. Hey, Kyle. Kyle, what do you think about Michi just taking on their taller guards? And when he wanted to drive for a layup or drive it to the bucket, there was no one was going to stop him. How physical was Michi down the stretch? I mean, Michi – yeah, he, I, you know, we're talking about him hitting the threes, but the, I, the reason he was open for three is because he was eight for 10 from two because Michi Johnson just got to the bucket. When he went to get there, he got there. That was huge. Um, man, just, you know, I, I'm sitting here like remembering and thinking about like what, what a team effort. Also, you know, Jacoby Wright in the first half um, yes. kept us yes, in it. Yes, yes. Kept yep. us in it. He was the guy making the big threes. Yep. Um, also, I have not actually checked this. I meant to. You guys remember a game where we shot 31 free throws this year? I think I can remember a game where we shot three, but just a bizarre, like. Did we shoot 31 free throws in the Georgia game? And we we shot 32. We shot 32 and only made 17 in that Georgia home game. (laughs) I mean, well, we made 23 against Florida and we needed most of them, but just a really, really weird game in that way. And maybe I'm probably remembering too many of the times we played, you know went five for eight from the line, but felt weird to see us at the line that much. Honestly, though, like, felt like we deserved it. Florida played, and I, with a couple of exceptions from this week, I'm normally, um, I think Whittle was saying it. I also used to referee, and so I have more sympathy than some for how hard it is to officiate basketball. But, man, Florida just 
Florida, they play with their hands. I mean, there's so much hand checking, so much just kind of like stuff, especially in the middle third of the court, which is an interesting place to kind of do it. And you do it because you think you get away with it, right? You know, refs really don't want to call off the ball stuff 60 feet from the basket. But I, I did not expect to see us play a game where we were going to shoot 31 free throws against Florida. And yeah, it, it was uh, Colin Murray Boyles goes nine for 10. I mean, Bryce, I don't know what's bugging you this week, but it's probably not the free throw shooting. It's Zach Davis, six of six. You know who I want at the line down the stretch in the last minute? I want Colin Murray Boyles or Michi. Those are the only people I want at the line. Jacoby right, man. Jacoby right. Jacoby, you're being my number three. Yeah. So, like, like honestly, though, it's funny. Th- this team th- this team can hit free throws. Uh, we sometimes, like, we sometimes have shot them bad. We referenced the Georgia game where they didn't shoot well and Josh Gray shot atrociously. But, uh, but um, it's nice being able to put a, a lineup out there with, like, Mac, you know, like like with Mac Murray Boyles Davis Michi and Jacoby Wright just or Talon and um, and just every guy like can go to the line and hit some free throws. Josh Gray he didn't hit both of them, but he hit a front end of a one and one. That was like like it, the announcer on TV said he used all of the rim. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we only played with seven guys. I know ten people played, but three guys played two minutes. This team played without Studi and seven guys and gave it all we got against a, I mean, top five matchup in the league against Florida. I think that is, I think this is the biggest concern moving forward is the Studi injury. Is that, uh, is that like legitimately, like we've got like the the starting five plus Gray and Jacoby are, are, you you know, are our guys. That's who's going to play against Tennessee and that we're really not going to play, um, Yagusic, we're really not going to play Clark, and we're really not going to play Diva. Although, also Diva Bucket, like we, we didn't talk about that in the Texas A&M game. Did not have Diva Duncan on my bingo card for the Texas A&M game. Well, he didn't dunk, but he drove the lane and kissed it, missed That's the free throw, but he yeah. made it. And I was like, okay, yeah. but you know, I'm just glad he got to play because him tearing his Achilles last year, it's been hard to come back from that. But but we basically got seven guys. We for the stretch run, we're going to need Studi. Yeah, you you can see in the A and M game, even you know, like it, that we were sort of trying to find out, like, can one of these other guys be the eighth guy? And by the Florida game, like you said, two minutes each, like uh, Paris had just kind of answered his own question, which was, nope, like unless there's foul trouble, which and I think that was maybe part of it down in A and M was a few more uh, fouls and just having to rotate it a little differently, but. It wouldn't surprise me if we avoid foul trouble if they actually just run seven against Tennessee. If a big guy, if a big guy gets into foul trouble, we can probably steal some minutes with Clark. Um, he hasn't been terrible. He's he's you know he's he he's come in and and been able to even get a couple of rebounds in a bucket sometimes. Um, on he his, gets slapped in, in the face minute. a lot. He gets slapped yeah. in the face on yeah. he falls it, down a lot. It just on defense, yeah. Like if he gets hunted the wrong way, it, it, and that's a. Yeah, if he's in the wrong matchup on defense, um, you can just see him kind of getting hunted a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, he could play five, but you don't probably want more than that. There's also a reason that since Colin Murray Boyle starts, has started, Bartovic has us at like 22. And prior to Colin Murray Boyle starting, Bartovic has us in the 60s. It's a big difference, babe. Gamecocks win 82 60. 
82-76. I can't talk. We win by six. Um, but let's go back to we're playing Tennessee on Wednesday night. Let's talk about when we played at Knoxville, when we shocked the world. And do you remember Studi came back from his shoulder injury for that game? And he it's made the best game. It's the best game of the season that he he's went played. three of four, I believe, from three. And one of those yeah. was where it hit the side of the backboard, front of the rim, and then went back in. Um Studi might not be, you know, he's probably not going to be in this game. Four four from the line down the stretch too, and he even shushed the crowd. Oh, like, the, like, the best, the best shush there is. is yeah. We're probably not going to have Studi for this game, Kyle. Are you worried going into this game against Tennessee, or do you think this team is so confident right now? It doesn't matter who's playing. No, I'm extremely worried. Tennessee's really good. <laughs> yeah, like Tennessee's really Tennessee's like, a one seed. Tuscaloosa. Tennessee's a one seed. Tennessee, Tennessee's a in, unless we can beat them. Tennessee's a one seed, and they're probably a one seed if we beat them. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee went 5-21 of from three when we played them, and they might do that again, and I'm not saying we had nothing to do with that. but Well, Connect uh, hit four threes in the last three minutes of those five. Exactly. I think it's the second best defensive performance that's been put on Tennessee this year. And so, yeah, if we, if we hold them again to 59 points, I like our chances, but – I think you we're also got to be a little honest with like how how likely is it we're going to hold him to 59? Probably pretty low. But yeah, I mean, even without Studi, I mean, I think we've talked about um, the seven we've got are pretty good. Um, I think that it's the type of uh, game where, you know, Michi carried four fouls. But other than that, no one got in major foul trouble. So I think it's possible that we could run a seven man lineup and stay with it. But yeah, Tennessee's, Tennessee's really good. <laughs> I, I, I think that. Um, it's been kind of funny that it sometimes gets lost in the, it, it sometimes doesn't get lost. Cause we're like, Oh, we have this, we have these great wins. Cause these other teams are really great. And then like, you kind of got to remember when you're playing them again. Yeah. These other teams are really good. Um, and it's, it, it, Tennessee is going to be an absolute load to handle on Wednesday night. But to your point, man, colonial life arena has been a tough environment to walk into. And I have every expectation it's going to be. And the, you know, the, we have the blueprint on how to beat Tennessee. Connect's going to get his points. Don't let anyone, you know, hurt us. And and in Knoxville, there was one other guy with ten points, their European guy guard. But everyone else had had you know four points, six points. No one else hurt us. And even though Connect made every shot like NBA Jam on fire in the last two minutes of that game, we still win. The blueprint is don't let anyone else hurt you. Yeah, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Just just if if Dalton Connect wants to go for fifty, just. Hold the rest. Hold the rest of the team to nine. You know, like like that's that's the blueprint. Obviously, they'll, they'll probably score more than nine. Like if if Dalton Connect goes for fifty, we're probably losing. But uh, but but the 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 point is is that um, you can he he's not going to go for fifty. You can let him get his points, and you can just d- defend the rest of Tennessee. And uh, you know he he doesn't. There aren't guys like Zach Davis on every team. Like, like Davis is going to be on him a lot. We're going to hit them with the one, three, one. He's not going to want to just sit in the corner and shoot threes. You know, he's also not going to want to be the guy that like coordinates the offense on, you know, in the, um, at the free throw line, which is the way to beat the one, three, one. You got to play somebody in, you got to play somebody in the high post and that person never scores and connects, not going to want to do that, even though he'd be perfect at it. And so like, he's going to have the ball in the one, three, one and Davis and Boyles are just going to be all over him. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you also worry Tennessee, very good defensive team. Um, I think that's going to pr- present some problems. Um, Adu in the post as well is the other guy who can really get his. I mean, I think we did a nice job containing him. Um, that maybe kind of gets to the point of like if we we see sort of foul trouble um, with a short bench like that, that could create some problems. He had four fouls when we played him up there. And so, you know, maybe that contributed to him being held down to six points. Um but yeah, I think that's something that um, we did well up there and that there have been teams that have sort of been able to handle him. And I think that's going to be a critical part. If, if Adu's in the double digits, uh, that's really going to hurt our chances of winning. I think the key stat in this game is Colin Murray Boyles not getting in foul trouble. That's going to yeah, be the I'm, difference in this game. As We need as few minutes for Stephen Clark as possible. That's, because that's, when, that's when Stephen Clark comes in against guys that are big centers that are physical – he gets abused. You need, and then when Colin Murray needs a break and BJ Mack comes in or he needs a break, Josh Gray needs to play big. And Josh Gray played big against Tennessee back in Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have you guys speechless because Josh Gray, defensive specialist when he wants to be. <laughs> now, it does have me thinking about something that I think is uh, maybe unstatedly impressive about BJ Mack is I can't, and I'm, I'm someone's going to pull one quick. I can't really remember a game where he's been in major foul trouble. And, you know, it, that's something. Phoenix. That, Phoenix. Both games in Phoenix. And I can okay. tell you why, Kyle. Look, buddy, I wasn't he, awake for that. <laughs> he doesn't bang down low. He's a three-point shooter. He's yep. a stretch five, and he's either making the threes or he's not. And you got Josh Gray coming in for him. Since, yeah, but since but defensively, since Boyles, he's also since Boyles has been starting. You're correct. Yeah, and defensively though, I mean, he's still he draws some post assignments, and he does a good job of staying on. He's not going to foul himself out of the game, and that's that's a skill in and of itself. You know, like uh, he's not a sieve on defense, and also. Um, He's able to stay on the court. That's important. In, in the DePaul game, they he played with four fouls. He, he picked up his fourth foul at like the 12-minute mark. I can't and, believe anyone stayed awake for the DePaul, DePaul game. That's incredible. It, it was it was fun. It was fun. I, okay, so I was it a Friday night? I think it was. It, it yeah. After midnight, right? Because 12-15 yeah. tip. There was there were not there were like five of us awake on Twitter, and we just had a little conversation with each other. Bryce was asleep. You were asleep. Did just I, had a group I, wrote, text. I, I, I wrote out the game. It, it, I was at my in-laws and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. I, everyone is in bed. And I'm like, I'm like quietly, like I've got the game on with like the volume all the way down. Uh, I think my favorite, my, my favorite line of the night on Twitter was when, uh, when the game tips at midnight, that means you, that, that means you get a new wordle to do at halftime. <laughs> But anyway, let's let's talk about this Tennessee game, finish it up here. Um, you know, BJ Mack last couple games hasn't been doing well. I think the only way we have a chance to win this game is you have the big three, Cooper, Michi, either neither Boyles or Mack. We need to have a couple guys, three guys have getting their points, at least 15 points for us to get rolling. Bryce, I think this team has taught us that they have a lot of different recipes to win. Yeah, they um, do. Uh, uh, and so, and so the, the, like, there's no one way to win this game. Uh, they need to play defense. Obviously, if they're, if, if Tennessee, we're not going to get in an offense. Like if, if it becomes an offensive shootout, we're going to lose. And so they need to play defense. I, we, we don't have to hold them to 59, 
but we need to hold them to 69.70, you know, somewhere in there, which is still low for, which is still very low for them. Um, we, we need to play defense, but we need a couple of guys to play well. Uh, we have a handful of guys that that can be, but just like, you know, we can win without Michi. I prefer winning with Michi because we're better when he's playing well. And, um, but, but yeah, I think there's, there, there's a lot of recipes as to how we can win this game. Yeah, fully echo stump on that. You know, like BJ has had a tough couple games, but Michi had a tough couple games. I, I think like you look at this team, I, Marie Bowles had a couple games, sub 10, you know, it, it's uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It, it feels like we're regularly looking at one of the guys you'd expect to be in double digits. It's like, huh, had seven tonight. Now, how'd that happen? Of course, we're talking after a win, but still you're like, oh, had seven. Um, but as long as the defensive side of the ball shored up, um, I think they'll give themselves a chance. Um, here's here's the recipe that we need, Bryce. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what we need. Jacoby Wright going for double digits. That's that's, <laughs> hey, that's the recipe we need. Gamecocks eight and zero when Jacoby Wright gets into double digits. The the thing about the thing about only uh, losing five games is you can draw a lot of those up. If we score seventy, boys, we're undefeated. Yeah, we if we hold the other team to fifty nine, we're undefeated. <laughs> hey, if um, they, usually the team that scores more wins. Usually. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so just, just absolutely fun week of basketball we got coming up ahead of our, Hey, don't forget about Starkville. If we somehow shocked, uh, shocked the world again and beat Tennessee, Mississippi state is capable. I know they lost a game or two lately, but for about the last two weeks, they were one of the hottest teams in the league. They're going to give us all we got because they're on the bubble. They're still trying to make the tournament and Starkville, Starkville is a tough place to play. Yeah, you say they've lost a couple games, and uh, uh, you're you're right. But just so people are really aware of what you're saying, after a five game win streak, they lost to Kentucky by two at home, and then lost at Auburn, which damn near yeah, everybody loses is. at Auburn. So we, they, this we is, know how that feels. Yeah, this is a team that has. Uh, if you haven't seen them since the first game of the, the SEC season when they played against us, they've had eight and eight, but I mean a really strong eight and eight. I. They don't really have a bad loss. I mean, their worst one is at Ole Miss, but like Ole Miss and Oxford's pretty tough. Like, this is a good, good basketball team. And so they just because we went on Wednesday doesn't mean the work is done. Yeah. And I think it, like obviously we're talking about winning the conference in, in the regular season. That would be, you know, being picked last, winning, you know, winning the, the the regular season title would be a lot of fun. But I think the the key that we need to focus on, I kind of talked about it on on the pod last week is that the goal is to finish in the top four. Like, like that's where we want to be. We want to play our first game on Friday of the SEC tournament. There's 94% thanks, chance. Thanks to our pal Jim Henry. Thanks to our pal Jim Henry for correcting me on the, on the schedule. We haven't been in this position in a while, and so I forget when these games are played. We have a 94% chance to being a top four seed. A lot of three different things have to happen for us with us do losing we out. Lose, do we lose either game, are we in? Are we a top four? If we win one more game, we're a guaranteed top four. And if we win both, we're guaranteed an SEC championship, even if it's a co-champ because seeding for the SEC tournament, the only thing that matters with tiebreakers. If we lose them both, how likely are we to be one of the top four seeds? 6% chance not going to be. 6%. So so we're a 94% chance. Right now, now, we are a 94% chance going into the regard. So if we lost two – we still have a good chance. 
Okay. All right. Still, all right. But there is a small window of us still being a fifth seed. But but, but that involves us losing both games. So if they Correct. win one, if they beat Tennessee or Mississippi State, guaranteed top four seed, and we're playing on Friday. It feels like what you're the, the line you're probably walking there is can Kentucky if Kentucky goes two and zero, and so they've got Vandy, which is almost a sure win, and then they're at Tennessee, and that that would probably be what matters if we lose both. My guess is because. Florida's two back, but we got a tie break on them. Even and Auburn we're... and Auburn is playing someone pretty good. They're playing Missouri, who's bad, but actually no, Auburn's got Georgia and Missouri. Yeah, but but Georgia's going to win their yeah. The, the, the other thing jumps that... us, we'd still be top four. Kentucky's the team that if they jump us, can kick us out of the top four, and and that that's that to me is where that six percent is. Is if we lose both, and Kentucky sweeps. The other thing that's interesting is that. Um, if we win both, I think we're the one seed unless Kentucky beats Tennessee. If we're in a three-way tie, if we're in a three-way tie with Alabama and Tennessee, I think that the tiebreaker for the seed is the overall record against the other two teams. And see, Alabama and Tennessee only played once. We played twi- we played Tennessee, and we'll have two wins against Tennessee. Um, and so, um, it, it, and, and they'll have two losses against us. And Alabama will only be one and one against, and we'll be two and one against the top, against the three-way tie. That that it would put us, it would put us as in the one seed for the NCAA tournament. I have not. I believe that that is it. Obviously, Jim, tell me if I'm right or wrong on Twitter if you, if you need to. <laughs> Guys, I just love that we're talking about scenarios for yeah. us to, to win the SEC regular season title. Yeah. I mean, like, and and then, uh, and and then we got the, and then we got the tournament. If we can make some noise there, I mean, we're, it's it's like I don't want to get too excited and get the and kick the can too far down the road here, but it's possible we're a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Hey, like, it's, this is crazy, guys. If we win against Tennessee on Wednesday, there's a good chance I'm going to Starkville, Mississippi next week and, and see it in person to go see if we can win that regular season title. Uh, but buddy, I've been to Starkville, Mississippi once. I, I can't say I recommend it, but that would be a good reason to go. Hey, they got Little Dewey's Barbecue. That's about all they have in that Starkville. You see if you can see if you can catch a ride with John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, let's let's go two and zero this week for the men. But we got to get to the women. Something real quick before we shift gears. Real yep. quick before we shift gears, I want to talk about one other thing that's just been absolutely dynamite, impressive to me. And that is Lamont Paris bringing the word mark quarter zip back from the dead. He played this. He played this as well as anybody could. They lost to Georgia and and the Lamont quarter zip Twitter feed put out all this, you, you know, put out like the records that we've had. And all three of the losses up to that point were in his favorite. It's, it's clearly his favorite quarter zip. He wears it the most. And so he 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 joked that he would retire it, and we go on a seven game winning streak. You know, like like with him wearing different quarter zips, we lose the first, we lose two games in a row, and and everybody's talking about how LSU is going to knock us out of the tournament. And he goes, you know what? It's time to mix it up. He actually says this in a press conference. He brings the word mark quarter zip out, and now we're on a win streak. He literally has brought it back from the superstitious dead. I love it. Why not us? I'm, I'm genuinely amazed. Like, this, this just goes to how me and Lamont Paris are built different, man. 
I'm breaking that out for the home bandy game. I'm just like, well, you know, like I, I'm, I'm trying to find one that can justify me rolling it back in. I'm not, I'm not going to Oxford and trying that stuff. So yeah. he, we'll, he, we'll lost to he, he lost to it. He said, it's going to bring us some good mojo, you know, and, and now he's going to wear, I bet he wears it for the rest. I bet he wears it until we lose again. Well, if we beat Tennessee, he better be wearing it against Mississippi state for that SEC regular season title. <laughs> All right, guys. We have to talk about another team that, well, they've already won the SEC regular season title, and that's the ladies. And they won it a couple weeks ago, but they, you know, they shirt up another, they have a back-to-back regular, undefeated regular season. Kyle, did you see it coming, another undefeated season for the ladies after a tough, tough win today against Tennessee? No, again, we did a preview pod. I told you what I saw coming. I was like, I don't know, we're probably going to take a couple losses in the non-con, um, and I think probably a couple in the SEC. But, you know, I I, I believe my whole um, spiel was, well, like, you know, we're probably going to have to recalibrate expectations here for a minute. You know, we just had the best freshman class ever roll through here, and we're all extremely spoiled. We don't know what it's like to go through a normal basketball season. And, guys, we still don't. Well, yeah. Pow Pow was the best transfer in the offseason, and it wasn't even close. All LSU got Morrow and Van Lith, and they got all the press. But Pow Pow, better than both of them. So I, I want to zag here not to say anything against Pow Pow at all because she has been absolutely fantastic. I think it's also got a lot to do with Dawn. Right. We we got we landed one we landed one transfer. And I'll tell you who was the other? Sakima Walker, the girl oh, okay. from Juca. We're, we're playing one transfer. We we added one transfer to our to, to our rotation that we play when the game gets tight. And um and Tahina Pow Pow's been fantastic. I believe that both Haley Van Lith or Murrow would have also shined in the role that she has. Uh, Pow Pow would probably not be as good at LSU. Like, I think some of this credit goes to the system and goes to Dawn. Well, no, she, I, can pl- she can play all the stars, Kyle, and no one gets mad. Everyone's happy with their 10 to 14 points. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you as well, though, when you talk about, like, the system, which is it's certainly a team that is built – it's almost weird to say it's built different because it's not like the defense is bad, right? But, I mean, it was just an absolute defense first and almost – I don't mean this as a pejorative, but, I mean, it wouldn't be a GBO pod if we didn't mention Frank Martin once. Almost a Frank Martin-esque team when it came to, like, just pounding the hell out of the offensive class. And instead, now it's a team that can go deep. Like, it, it's the thing that I, I think Sumter – I can't remember if you or Bryce said it. It was like – you know, everyone that just tuned in in April was like, why can't this team shoot threes? And you're like, because it does so many other things good, and that's how it's built. Well, now this team can shoot threes, too. Yep. Oh, yep. There is there is the more triple teaming our centers because we're leading – we're top two, yeah. top three, lead the nation, and three-point shooters. Something. Yeah, you'll just die if you <laughs> if you double or triple team us. And um, and 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 I think it's like, like last year's team was – I mean, if that like literally, there's an offensive rebound that Iowa gets, and and last year's team went undefeated and won the national championship because they would have beaten LSU. And so, like, like we're we're talking about this, and in, 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 it's just literally sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce the right way. But um, but you know, and that's the only game that they that that last year's group lost. 
so it's hard to say that this team is better than last year's group. But 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 at the same time, this team meets last. This team delivers. 75, 80, 90 percent of the defense that that last year's team played, and they just outpace them in their ability to score. Every player on the floor can go for double digits. Um, every guard, you, you know, can 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 make a three if they're open, uh, which wasn't the case last year. Some of this is growth, you know, like. Raven Johnson was one of the players on last year's team that struggled shooting, and she's been much better this year. You know who else has been better this year? Everyone on the team is better. Yeah. And, yes. and you know yeah. what? If Watkins got more minutes, I think she could average a triple-double. I, I believe that Watkins oh, yeah. and Full Wiley, I believe that Watkins and Full Wiley, if, if they had both gone to a different school, that Watkins and Full Wiley would be considered two of the ten best players in women's basketball. Yeah, this, team still, yep. this team still has the one of the ten best teams in college basketball is the bench um, thing going on, and, and it's it's still the case. It's I, I I I'm looking at the Wikipedia page because I want to make sure I had it right, and I just want to say two things. One, this team has now lost nine games in the last five years, which is absolutely absurd. And two, whoever put a consensus champion as the result of the 2019-20 season. Like, thank you for your service. That That's incredible work. They were the best Kyle, team in the league. Or in the I, I, have no, I have no complaints. I have no notes. Well done. Kyle, Kyle you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it actually wasn't me. It actually wasn't me. But I've, I totally felt I could claim that and get away with it. But hey, we, we blew out Arkansas during the week. We beat Tennessee 76-68. But how about Full Wiley today getting the start? And Full Wiley, you know, she has those freshman moments, but then she has those moments and you're like, she's a 23-year-old point guard, Kyle. I, it, it's it's hard uh, to say the, the right things about uh, Full Wiley. I mean, she has come in. Um, I think of it as, uh, I mean, obviously in a very different set of circumstances, similar to Murray Bowles, where I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll bet she's pretty good, but also, like, I, I had at least a, a smidge of skepticism. It's the hometown skepticism, right? You know, like, everyone wants to tell you the kid from Columbia is the one who's going to make good, right? And I mean, some, you know, like, uh, sometimes that that barks at different levels. Yeah, I don't want to, like, uh, let's not talk about the times it didn't work. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get P.J. Mackey. Sometimes you get McKayla Fulwally. Like, someone who's just like, oh, you really, yeah, you really are that person. Um, it's, and, man, it's- she really is. It's kind of crazy the talent, the women's basketball talent Columbia has produced. I mean, you got Asia Wilson, huh. um, you, you know, like like from Columbia, and and now we're on this like run where like uh, uh, Watkins is from Columbia, Full Wiley, Joyce Edwards is from Camden, you know, like and we're gonna go on a ten year run where like 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 with Joyce Edwards coming onto this team, we're gonna go on this ten year run where most of the time. We're playing a dynamite recruit from Columbia, South Carolina, becoming the best program in women's basketball. Yeah, I, I do wonder, like, if there's at least a little causation there, where like now by having a program here, like I, I don't know. I wonder if that was true in East Tennessee twenty years ago. Where's Shamika Holtzquall from? I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, you got to have those facts. You got to have them. <laughs> you, you did not have me asking you that on your bingo card. You know, man, I tried to get some. Uh, she's from Queens. She's from Queens. Yeah. A little and, far and, away from Tennessee, I think. And, and, and I mean, it's East New York, so it's basically the yeah. same thing. 
<laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put the I mean we're gonna recruit the same type of players too. You know, like like yep. we're not doing this with only Colombian players. And um Pow Pow's not from Colombia? <laughs> no, no, she's not. She's the farthest from Colombia. <laughs> yes, I think she, I think she's California, right? She was at Southern Cal, correct? No, she was at Oregon. 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 My bad. Was there another Southern – there were a lot of rumored transfers. I hope there's Sumter's not updating the Wikipedia on all these players and where they're from because, <laughs> you know, Wikipedia, I would stop looking at it if all of a sudden Pal Pal's from California. But anyway. My bad. My bad, guys. But anyway, the, the ladies are 29-0. and 0. We played noon on Friday against somebody. Um, they got three games in the SEC tourney. You got six games in the NCAA tournament. Can you guys see this team – well, well, are they going to go 38-0? And if they don't, is the season a letdown? Kyle, you first. Um, I mean, I would I would bet they do. Uh, I, I think, actually, the way you phrased it there, it's, I, I don't know. I, 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 on the one hand, I kind of, and, and maybe this goes more for the men, like, I kind of encourage people to be greedy. Like, this is only going to last so long. And, like, I completely understand, sympathize for, and, like, I don't know, in some ways support the idea of like, yeah, let's get as many as we can while we can. Every chance, every time you don't get one is another season on the dream where you don't. And on the other hand, uh, a large part of me is like, man, let's just finish back to back undefeated regular seasons. It's insane. Like it, it, if you can't, if you can't appreciate that and without like losing your mind over the fact that something goes wrong in tournament basketball, um, I think you're kind of crazy in a different way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I I think in my brain, I've always said like, you can't call anything a failure if you're in the final four at that point, you're just playing teams that are too good. And like where 40 minutes can just go against you. It's just the way it's going to work at that point. And so I, I would be, I, I'm going to be disappointed if they don't uh, lift two trophies and um, I'll be disappointed no matter when, when that loss, if it does come comes, but They've just run back to back undefeated regular seasons. I, it, the word disappointment is, um, yeah, it, it's hard to be mad at anything this team's doing right now. Yeah, everybody but one team loses their last game, and so and so like on that level, that's gonna be like this team losing is gonna be disappointing. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, if it, it, depending on, I, I think it's different degrees of disappointment. Like if they if they lose a game in the, if, if they lose in the sweet 16 or the elite eight, that will be very, very disappointing. Whereas if Caitlin Clark goes for 50 points against us in the final four, that will be less, that will be annoying. That will be because it's Caitlin Clark. Actually, that would be infuriating, but anything else like that. Yeah. But, but, but it would be infuriating. It would not be disappointing. Like, 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 Hey guys, the last 16 seed reveal had Iowa as our number two in our bracket. Which elite eight matchup? Let's get them. I, I, I want them. Let's get them. Because all the talk, all you the said t- a successful season was out of the team. tournament. So let's do it, baby. I, I'll say this. I'll say this right now. The only, I, I don't think this team is losing. I don't think this team is losing in 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 which Caitlin Clark just goes out there and takes it from them. Like like that is like obviously they can play a disaster of a basketball game and lose to anybody. Yes, but but like as long as this team is playing their game, which we have seen night in and night out for the past like five seasons. They're gonna play, okay? That Dawn Staley is gonna have them ready to play. The, the only person, 
The only team in the country that I think can go out there and beat them is Iowa and Caitlin Clark. And that, and Kyle, you are correct. It will be absolutely infuriating. If we go, if we go two seasons in a row with, with only losing in the tournament to Caitlin Clark, that will be just absolutely devastating. Man, you don't think you don't think that uh, LSU could get them because I, I will say like I, the North Carolina game maybe for thirty minutes, but the LSU game for like thirty six. But uh, it was at LSU, a neutral site in in Greenville. Do you call that a neutral site? It's going to be eighty percent South Carolina. I, I wasn't talking about in Greenville. Well, we're probably going to see them in the finals. There's, a, I mean, Tennessee could get hot like they did last year, but it's going to be nice to see what happens against LSU in the final. No, no, the if LSU gets us, it's not going to be in Greenville. Yeah. The, the, but the, the other thing that's interesting, I mean, I mean, the last time this team won the national championship, they did not win the SEC tournament. Hmm? It was a they lost, they lost Kentucky made that three at the buzzer. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, in the last three seasons, they've that lost. That was Nashville, three. right? No, that yeah. was in. What are you talking about? When we lost to Kentucky? Where we lose? Yeah, was that in Greenville? I believe it was in Greenville, SEC oh. tournament. Or is it Nashville? It was either Nashville or Greenville. It goes back and forth. It might have been Nashville. But but anyway, like it would be funny if LSU beat us in the in the tournament and then we beat them in the in the bigger tournament. Hey, as long as we're the one winning the last game of the season. Yeah, they, they need to we don't like, care what happens in the SEC tourney. It'll just be annoying at the time. It 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 will be very frustrating to have just this dynamite look like I'm sure that UConn has done something similar, but just three games, like like currently in the last three seasons, they've lost three basketball games total. Two of them at a buzzer, at the buzzer. One of them really close in the final four. Um, I'm sure that Gino at, with like Diana Taurasi went on a similar run that is maybe as impressive or more impressive. Um we, we need to win another title. Like, like that's like this team. They deserve to, it. They deserve it. They deserve it. They deserve it. They need to go out and take it, you know, like, and, and I mean, the, like just looking at the records is the perfect indication of this. If they were to lose a game, like if they lost the Tennessee game today, they would still be the unanimous number one team in the country. <laughs> yep. No. By far, the, the the next closest team has what three, four losses. Three losses, you know, like yeah. And and so and so, they're better. The, the difference between number one and number two here is, is like like there's just a big difference. I think this team's going to get it done. They'll be favored by at least six in any game they play. I mean, they are just beyond clearly the best team in the sport. And that's true now for at least two years in a row. And that kind of goes back again, man. Like, I mean, I, I understand that like it, it's, there, there's a part of my brain that always wants to say, you know, you got to be processed instead of results. And the process is almost per, almost as good as it realistically could be. But yeah, man, I don't want to list a pro, lift a process trophy. I want to lift the damn national title. Well, yeah. the ladies play on Friday. Hopefully they get three wins, and we're talking an SEC tournament title at the next pod. And the men, they go 2-0 and this week. Hopefully we're talking about a – well, we would we would be talking about an SEC regular mm-hmm. season championship. I mean, are we a basketball school? Is that is that fair to say now? That we're, you know, just overall, yes. not just women. We're just a basketball it, school. It, it's funny. I, I found this thing funny, but, like, a lot of – on social media, a lot of Gamecock fans love – tweeting out the combined record 
of the men and the women. And um, and it's got to be this like just uh, imagine being an under on an undefeated basketball team and having your fans tag you with five losses like <laughs> like the way that the women. How are dare here. you? How dare you? Is that how but, uh, you think other teams feel like this when the SEC touts Alabama and we just say you know we're you know we're in the SEC and it's like well it's really Alabama's conference or Georgia's conference? Do you think that's how they feel when we say we're a basketball school and it's oh the men? I mean, I, I, on the women's side, it's absolutely how they feel. I, I mean, like, like, um, uh, hopefully, hopefully, Lamont Paris can do this on the men's, and that, and that it's just, it's just basketball in, in the SEC goes through South Carolina. That would be a wonderful thing. You, you I, know, I, I saw mean, some people today with a UConn sweatshirts on when I was out walking, and I was like, man, I can't imagine what it must feel like to have eight losses uh, with your combined programs this year. That must be awful. How dare them? Must be, must be awful. Eight, I mean, eight combined losses. I mean, we're we're UConn's daddy. Kyle, be careful, or you're going to will them to two national titles. Like, no, 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 no. no. I was. Uh, don't worry. I, I was wearing my Carolina sweatshirt. I, I puffed my chest out a little bit. They, they they knew what was going on. Yeah. All right, guys. Also, uh, to close before we, to close the loop, uh, we lost to Kentucky and Nashville. I feel better. Okay. Yeah, sixty four, sixty two. That was a tough yeah. loss for the ladies in the SEC tournament. But anyway, all right, guys. Closing thoughts. Kyle, I need to know. We don't do a lot of predictions on the show. What are we going this week for the men? Are they going two and zero, one and one, zero and two? What are your final thoughts on that? Ugh, I mean, the, the kind of the basic math is probably one and one, right? Um, I, I don't know that I have a strong feeling that one game is more likely than the other. I think we're probably slight underdogs in both. I think we probably get one. Um, Getting twos asking a lot. Uh, that said, man, we've asked a lot of this team of all year, and they keep delivering. So, hell, why not one more time? All right, Sumter, the last time we did predictions, it was for the Auburn game. Just I want to caveat that, and it was the – Yeah. It was bad, yeah. though. What I, I, are your I said, thoughts? I, I believe my line – I believe my line was if we go into Auburn and win, they're talking about us as a one seed. Uh, I believe was was the line that I said. So don't say that exactly for this game. I'm not going to say yeah. that exactly. I'm what do you think? What do you think for the week? What's the I think they go one and one. I think I think we go one and one this week. Oh. I think we got a. I, I think we got a shot. Like like it's two tough basketball games. Uh, we're coming off of three tough basketball games. I mean, Bryce, last weekend when we were doing the pod, if I had told you that we would go two and two on the last four, would you have been happy? Hell yeah. Well, we've already done that, and so and so one and one is three and one. It puts a is, is three and one in that brutal stretch of four basketball games that we had, um, and uh, it puts us and playing Friday. Which have we ever played on Friday? Uh, Frank that? had a run where we won two uh, before we got our doors blown off. No, but. no, well, no. We we finished fourth in the league and went eleven and seven, but our non-con was so bad we didn't even make the NIT. So we, we made it to Friday. Is that the 16th? Is that the we s- we lost that Friday game after the double bye. Which year was that? Was that 2016? I couldn't tell you because you know it was that so, sounds right. There were so many losses in the SEC tournament for Frank. Do we play Georgia? Do we play Georgia? We either played Alabama, Mississippi, or Georgia because we always in, lose in, to them. in 2016. We lost. I, I, I distinctly remember in 2016 we lost to Georgia in the SEC tournament. Because we lost, because they were bad, and we lost to them three times, and then Frank didn't lose to them again. In we his lost career. to Georgia, and I believe Georgia yeah. by one. 
Georgia by one. We, we, we Bryce, you, and I, you, you, you and I watched that game at Kelly's Bar. That's right, and I gave you some shoes out of a trash bag in the back seat of my car. Is that the same night? That's, that's, that's a weird story. I came back from the J. Crew uh, warehouse, you know, sale, and You're like I Willie Loman dealing out dealing out shoes. I had twenty pairs of shoes for like eighty bucks in a trash bag, and Sumter wears a size twelve, and he got a lot of size twelves that day. Yeah, there we go. Okay, that hey, was. Hey, but you guys didn't ask me. I'm going to say it. We're going two and zero this week, and <laughs> man, hopefully I'm. Ma- Hopefully I stay you married. Set me up. Oh, you 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 set me up to not call it so that you can say it. I love it. I love it. Bravo. I just wanted to say it. I just Bravo. wanted to say it. I Bravo. predicted it. We're going two and zero, and I'm. I hopefully I'm staying married after if I'm going to Starkville, Mississippi, watch us win a regular season Bryce, title Bryce, next week. Like like th- there's a lot of postseason basketball going on. If you're already risking the marriage. On Starkville, maybe, maybe wait, maybe wait. Hey, I've been so. Respect, I would respect his wife if she was like, "Look, I, I'd get it if it was it's uh, my turn. If it's Starkville for a regular season game, I'm out." Guys, I've been burned so much by going to SEC tournaments by Frank. We lose so much that I'm scared to go see our team in the SEC tournament, even though Frank's not our coach anymore. It's in Nashville this week. I mean, Nashville in two weeks, the men's SEC tournament. All right, guys, Kyle. Thanks for joining us again, and hopefully you're joining the pod after we're talking about SEC regular season title and SEC tourney title, and we're talking about us as a two or three seed going in the NCAA tournament. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Nothing would make me happier. Sumter, anything else for the pod? We didn't even do the modern exterminating what's bugging us. We really haven't been doing it much. There's nothing to complain about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I – Soft, a soft call at the end, uh, the end of the Florida game and the A&M game by the officials. Two soft-ass calls. Yes, yes. And and I, I would like to go back in time. I would like everybody listening to the pod that's still with us right now to go back two, two weeks ago after the LSU game when all of Gamecock Nation was just like, Oh, this is going to cost us the tournament. Talking about that, baseball those, season two weeks ago. Those are the folks that are bugging me. The, yeah, yeah, the folks that are bugging me are the folks that are annoyed that we're talking about basketball still and not the Clemson series. Uh, like, like those are the, fo- the, the folks that were annoyed that they had to figure out whether or not to go to CLA or Segura Park this weekend. Those are, that's what's bugging me is you folks who don't want the basketball team winning because of baseball. So much of Gamecock Twitter depressed about baseball after this weekend, and I'm like this, who cares? It's basketball Find season. Find some joy is what I would say to them. St- care about baseball when it's, what, June. Then yeah. you start caring yeah. about it. It's basketball season till April, and hopefully we have both teams playing in the first week of April. How's that sound? Look, guys, if you wanted to do this and you wanted to actually have some courage, you would have done it when Whittle was on, not me. I kind of did. <laughs> I I kind of I I I I pushed him on it a little. I let him talk. I let him talk baseball. It's it's the most it's the most we've ever the the only things we've ever done on the pod that wasn't basketball coverage was the little bit that we let Whittle talk baseball last week, and then we did it was in the it was on a summer pod. We, we we did a tribute to Phil Petty. We, we we talked about Phil Petty. It was right after Phil Petty died. We talked about that for a little bit, and that's the only that's the only non sports we've done. I pushed Whittle a little bit on the fact that he had to choose between where to go. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Have you made it this whole pod? I know you're juiced for the week. Can't wait to do the next pod, Kyle. 
You're welcome anytime to join us. You can just show up if you'd like next time. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. For Sumter and Bryce and Kyle, go Cox. GBO out.